What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So let's talk about the recent Supreme Court opinion that pitted religious liberties against the government's obligation to promote public safety, to protect the health and well-being of its citizens. And then let's talk about why that Supreme Court opinion actually makes the best argument for why we need to increase the number of justices on the Supreme Court, thereby protecting everyone's right to justice. Because justice matters. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Justice Matters. Uh, as you may know if you tune into my videos, what I try to do is use my 30 years as a federal prosecutor, um, what I learned inside the federal government, to identify legal issues of the day, put them in a larger context, and then try to talk about some common sense proposed solutions, some information we can all use as we try to navigate this insane you know, legal landscape that we find ourselves in uh, during the Trump years. So um, let me start by saying thank you for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already hit subscribe to my YouTube channel and you're so inclined, I would appreciate it. As you also may know, you can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Kirshner too. I'm on there all day and night trying to answer legal questions. And then finally, if you want to go to patreon.com and more formally support our all-volunteer efforts and our content, you can go to patreon.com, uh, sign up to become a patron, and if you choose to do that, I will send you uh, some Team Justice stickers with a, a personal handwritten note of thanks. So with that, let's turn to the topic of the day, and it is the recent Supreme Court opinion that was just handed down that you know basically pitted religious liberty against the government's obligation to provide for public safety. And as you may know, it was a case where in a 5-4 vote, five justices voted to strike down New York's attempt to limit the number of people who could go to a, a certain location and worship, a church, a synagogue, what have you, um, in the name of trying to protect against the spread of the coronavirus, protect the citizens from becoming infected, becoming ill, potentially dying. And in a 5-4 decision, uh, the Supreme Court said, no, that is an undue interference with people's religious rights under the First Amendment. So they struck down that, um, that New York attempt to limit the number of people who could so gather. Now, first of all, I recognize and I understand that it, it, it can be really difficult to strike a balance between First Amendment rights, whether the right to free speech, freedom of religion, free press, 
freedom to assemble and petition our government for a redress of our grievances. And boy, we got us some grievances as a result of what our government has been doing to us, to the American people, to the immigrants who come here yearning to be breathe free. Yeah, we got some grievances, but I digress. Um, but it's a difficult balance that needs to be struck between people's First Amendment rights and the government's responsibilities to the people, responsibilities to the citizens to protect and promote public health, public safety, right? So it's not surprising that there are clashes between those two things, and that is why, in part, we have courts to sort it all out. Now, first of all, I think we all recognize that this case, this New York case, would probably have been decided very differently had Ruth Bader Ginsburg still been on the court and had Amy Coney Barrett not been on the court because, frankly, back in July, a similar case that pitted you know, governmental restrictions against religious liberties was decided differently by the Supreme Court. Five, four, the other way, upholding restrictions on gatherings to try to protect public safety. So it's no secret that these issues are now going to be decided, and this one has been decided, in a very different way because of a one-justice swing from Ruth Bader Ginsburg to Amy Coney Barrett. And that is perhaps the best, most powerful, most compelling argument about why we must increase the number of Supreme Court justices. And we'll get there in a minute. But first of all, let me sidestep the issue of religion versus science, okay? Maybe I'll talk about it and then edit it in later. I won't because I don't really know how to edit things in, but it sounded good. Um, so, because that's a hot-button issue, obviously, religion versus science. And I don't want our discussion to get bogged down in that. What I will say is, you know, if we assume that a church uh, or a place of worship uh, par partially burns down and the structure becomes unsafe and the government wants to condemn it in the name of public safety, um, is there a First Amendment argument that people want to practice their religion so they should have an absolute unfettered right to enter that half-burned-down place of worship and putting themselves, putting all the parishioners, all the worshipers at risk. Some people would probably strike that balance in favor of religion um, rather than in favor of public safety. So now that I have begun down the road of pitting religion against science, I'm going to stop because, you know, that will take us to places other than where I want this very short discussion to go, which is that a one-justice swing governing and impacting 330 million Americans doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Everything riding on one justice. Like I say, we'll, we'll get there. So if we recognize that we are often locked into this 5-4 struggle. Five justices over here and four justices over there. 
or sometimes four justices over here and five justices over there. It's like this judicial cage match to the death. Who will be the one swing justice to decide if everybody in America, all 330 million of us, are going to have to abide by one set of legal principles? Or if 330 million of us are going to have to abide by another set of legal principles? All riding on one unelected justice. Now, I am not here to argue that I want everybody to live under one set of legal principles with the, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, before she passed, getting to be the swing vote making all those decisions, or Amy Coney Barrett being the one justice swing vote getting to make all those decisions. What I'm here to suggest is that approach to Supreme Court cases and Supreme Court decisions is a special kind of judicial insanity. It's just no way to run a democracy. What do I mean by that? When you have decisions that are being made by the Supreme Court that are so wildly um, consequential, they will govern so much of our day-to-day lives, like religion versus science, right? The freedom, I don't want to say the freedom to worship and infect each other and then carry those infections back out in the commu- into the community versus being governed by science and prohibiting all religion, all religious gatherings and practices. That's a false dichotomy, if that's the right word. I try not to use big words like delicatessen, refrigerator, being a gutter kid from Jersey. You know, it's just, that, that's my dad's sense of humor creeping out. I was just telling my aunt today that I think I got a really balanced upbringing because you have to learn the do's and don'ts in life, right? So I, I think I learned all the do's from my mom and all the don'ts from my dad. So a fairly balanced upbringing. Don't worry, we're going to edit all this out later because this is not really germane to the issue. But you know, as you already know, I can't edit anything out. So it's all staying in. So here's the thing. When you have one justice making all the difference in the world to 330 million Americans, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Amy Coney Barrett, and I'm going to set politics and ideologies aside, that's no way to decide the most consequential legal constitutional issues of the day by one justice, depending on who that justice is. When you think about it, a Supreme Court justice or any federal judge is not answerable to the people at all. Not elected. You can't vote a judge or a justice out of office. You can impeach them, but you can't vote them out. They're not answerable to the electorate, to the people. So when you have a partisan president, and I don't use that term critically, every president is partisan. Some like to be more partisan than others. Some like to reach across the aisle and try to be a little less partisan, a little more inclusive. But a president is partisan. And when a president appoints a Supreme Court justice, that's going to be a partisan appointment. The the president is going to want that justice as best they can um, ensure it 
They want that justice to share their own views and ideologies and, if possible, politics, view of the world. So when you have one justice appointed by a partisan president deciding issues for 330 million Americans and that justice is not answerable to the people and was appointed by a partisan president, that's insanity. And why haven't we learned this previously? Because there's a way to avoid not only that judicial insanity, but there's a way to actually be more inclusive of opinions and ideologies and judicial philosophies so that all 330 million Americans are better represented. There's, there's broader, more inclusive representations of views and theories and ideologies. You just need to increase the number of Supreme Court justices. It ain't magic, right? And it ain't rocket science. There is no fixed number. The Constitution doesn't say, you know, and the founding fathers have determined that nine justices shall be the number, and the number shall be nine, to begin to paraphrase a Monty Python movie. There is no requirement that the Supreme Court be made up of nine justices. Over our nation's history, we've had as few as five. We've had as many as ten. But when we see the five, four, four, five, five, four you know, um, uh, perpetual cage match to the death over judicial philosophy with one judge being the deciding vote to set legal policy for 330 million Americans. Enough already. Let's learn our lesson. Let's increase the number of the justices to 21 or 25 or an odd number so that you get all sorts of different judicial philosophies and different um, approaches to evaluating the legal issues that come before the Supreme Court so that it's not just one person who's the swing vote. You have lots and lots and lots of opinions and philosophies and views of the law going into the mix and hopefully you come out with a better more informed, more just opinion that actually does justice by the Constitution and by all of the people of the United States. It only makes sense. Something that we probably should have done long ago because 5445 with one justice saying the Constitution means this and the implications to 330 million Americans are therefore that. That's not good for anybody. It's sure not representative. It's sure not inclusive of lots of different judicial philosophies. And it doesn't do justice by the whole of the American people. So for gosh sakes, let's change it. Not hard to do. And it's the right thing to do. The right thing by the people of the United States, the right thing by the Supreme Court. It's just the right thing. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to my occasionally off-topic musings uh, and personal anecdotes. Um, as always, please stay safe. Uh, please stay tuned. 
and I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow.